The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. This weekend, um, we're doing a non-residential retreat on mindfulness and wisdom, as the announcement said. And the style of practice that we're exploring this weekend, and actually for some during the coming week, there'll be also a follow-on during the week um, that uh, will be held in the annex, and so being limited in size, there needed to be registration for that. That's not a drop-in event, unfortunately. But for this weekend, it is a, it is a, um, a drop-in event, and so you're welcome to come this afternoon, even if you didn't um, come yesterday. But the style of practice that we're exploring um, this weekend is an open awareness style. It's a style of practice that is very receptive We settle back, we recognize that we're aware, and we receive what's happening. And so this is the topic that I'd like to explore today. What is receptive attention? And how do we maybe find a way into receptive attention? So to start, I'll talk a little bit about directed attention. That's what most of us are familiar with, perhaps, if you haven't explored this receptive style of practice. So directed attention is a kind of practice where we choose what we're going to pay attention to. This is a way that our minds can work. We can choose, I'm going to pay attention to the breath, or I'm going to pay attention to hearing. We choose a field of attention or an experience and we allow our attention to settle and rest with that experience. So right now you can direct your attention, the directed function of our minds, we can choose what to pay attention to. And so right now pay attention to the experience of your hands. And pay attention to the sensations of your feet. And pay attention to the contact of your hips with the chair or cushion or bench. This is a form of directing the attention. So this attention, this factor of attention in our minds is amenable to conscious control. We can choose what to pay attention to. And very much this factor is at work in many of the kinds of meditation practices that are taught in the, in the world. Choosing an experience and directing the attention to that. The factor of attention, however, is is kind of an interesting factor in the mind in that it is subject to this conscious control. We can actively decide, I'm going to pay attention to my feet right now, or I'm going to pay attention to what I'm seeing right now, or I can pay attention to what I'm hearing right now. We can choose that. But also, um, it's amenable to maybe what we could call subconscious control or um, a kind of, a, a kind of a directing of the attention based on our conditions of our minds. So it's kind of like the breath in a way. You know, the breath 
we can choose to say to ourselves, I'm going to breathe in right now. I'm going to breathe out right now. So we can consciously control the experience of breathing in that way. And yet when we relax that conscious control, breathing continues on its own. We do not have to consciously breathe. Fortunately, we do not have to consciously breathe. And some, similar to attention, we can consciously choose where our attention is landing. But if we are not consciously choosing that, the attention is connecting to something. Even if we are not consciously deciding. And very much often what is choosing our Uh, what we'll be paying attention to is our habits, our patterns of mind. Things that we have conditioned in the past will be choosing what to pay attention to. This um, this function of um, receptive awareness is often really at work while we're driving. You know, when we're driving down the road, we're often in a very receptive place. Sometimes we're not even consciously thinking about driving. You know, we're thinking about something else or we're listening to the radio. And yet our attention is receiving the experience. It's receiving the sights. It's knowing knowing how the cars are moving. It's understanding whether we need to brake or not. So this function of this receptive attention is very valuable in our minds, in in our lives. The um, exploration of receptive attention in our meditation practice is something that we may or may not be familiar with. So many of the practices of meditation do use or choose a, a, an experience of meditation to direct the attention to, at least to begin. Many of the practices will start with directing the attention The style of practice that we're exploring this weekend is different in a way in that we start not from choosing some experience, but from cultivating this receptive quality of attention. Cultivating the ability, first of all, to know that we're aware. Right now, do you know that you're aware? If you're listening, hearing the question... Probably the answer is yes, although you may not know how you know that you're aware. And so in that awareness, something is being known. Awareness is attending to something. This factor of attention is happening all the time, whether we're consciously choosing to pay attention or not. You may not actually be consciously thinking about listening, like Can I hear this talk? Can I be paying attention to this talk? But there can be a very receptive quality to hearing. In fact, try to stop listening. And you'll find that it continues. And this is a pointer to this kind of receptive attention. In our um, practice this weekend, we're cultivating a receptive open awareness as opposed to a a directed 
a narrow directed attention, I mean a narrow receptive attention, we can actually, the, the, these two factors of directing and receiving can play together. So for instance, we might choose to direct the attention to uh, hearing and then settle back and just receive. It's kind of like the way a radio works. You know, we tune the channel. But then once it's tuned, there's not work that happens. There's, there's just the receiver just receives that channel. And so that's kind of a similar, a similar thing that we can sometimes decide, okay, I'm going I'm to pay attention to the breath, for instance. But once I direct the attention there, I can kind of settle back and just am curious, what's there? How is the breath? Rather than trying to continue to like direct the attention and know what, what's actually happening here, kind of doing a digging. So there's a, there's a kind of a blend of these two practices that can also happen. So right now, let's just play a little bit with this quality of receptive awareness in this directed fashion. And so, tuning into hearing. Not listening... They're just kind of opening to the sounds, the ambient sounds, almost as if you were listening to music, you know, just receiving little rustles in the room, the sound of my voice, sounds outside. Relax. Actually, relaxation is very supportive in this receptive awareness. Because when we relax the doing of our mind, what we see is that our mind will naturally receive experience. And so attuning to that quality of hearing and just receiving, receiving the experience of sound. You could also notice sometimes, and this is one way to begin to recognize the distinction between receptive and directed attention, that while you're in that mode of receiving sound, there's not a particularly striking sound at the moment, but if a motorcycle were to go by, for instance immediately the the, uh, attention might be drawn to that experience, listening to it, in effect. And so this is um, a distinction that we can become aware of in hearing, the distinction between just settling back and hearing, receiving the experience of hearing, and then having the attention get drawn to some particular sound in the field. It's kind of like it might be if you were listening to a symphony where you're just receiving the flow or the overall sense of the symphony. That would be more more hearing. Or you might choose to tune into the violin. That would be listening. That would be directing the attention. Receiving versus directing. So kind of getting a sense of the distinction between these two. So we can play with that distinction in hearing. We can also play with it in seeing. So right now, with your eyes open, you might open your eyes if they're closed, kind of let your gaze be soft, not to 
look at anything in particular, but just know that seeing is happening. You can know that. You can know seeing is happening, kind of taking in the, just the field of sight. And now choose to look at something. Look at the corner of a, a wall or look at the podium or look at the bell. And the difference between that quality of mind that is settled back and just relaxed and receptive versus the mind that's actually doing the looking. So the, uh, the receptive awareness is a helpful quality to begin to recognize in our meditation because so much of our minds, our, our minds will be receiving experience. And if we are focused on simply, okay, I'm going to pick something to pay attention to, directing our attention to hearing for them to, to the breath, for example, then the quality of mind that does receive experience, and even as we're paying attention to the breath, you know, right now, if you put your attention on a breath or two, you'll notice that you can know an in-breath and know an out-breath. And yet, has hearing stopped? You can know an in-breath and you can know hearing at the same time. Or you can know an in-breath and has seeing stopped? So we are receiving, the, the, the uh, mind is receiving experience all the time, even as we're choosing to direct the attention. And often what happens in our meditation, if we are focused on directing the attention, directing the attention to the breath, for example, the way the mind wanders is often that the attention has received something that it's gotten interested in. And so here we are, we're paying attention to the breath, and because we have that agenda or that focus, we're not aware that the attention has on its own, without our conscious control, kind of moved off to something else. So we're paying attention to the breath and the sound of a motorcycle goes by. And our attention naturally drawn to that, and yet if we're not aware of this receptive quality of attention and aware that the mind can actually follow what the attention is naturally drawn to, we might miss that the attention has moved to something else. Start thinking about that other thing. Start thinking about motorcycles. Start thinking about where they're going, going to the beach, going to Santa Cruz, and we're off. This is one of the key ways that the mind wanders. Because the, um, the natural quality of the attention, which picks up on things in a receptive way, it has picked up on something and we haven't noticed that. So this practice that we're exploring this weekend is kind of what I sometimes say is that we follow the attention. Rather than choosing what we're going to consciously pay attention to, we see if we can begin to connect to the flow of what the uh, awareness is naturally drawn to. There's a flow of that 
the awareness will be drawn to sound at some points and body sensations at some points and maybe sights if your eyes are open and maybe a breath or two and then sounds and then maybe an emotion and then a thought will go through and ooh, there, there's a thought and then another body sensation. And so receptively, we can follow this. This is another form of meditation practice. And sometimes we have the, um, the, the feeling that, and I certainly, I certainly had this um, belief when I first started doing, um, doing the meditation practice, my belief was I wasn't meditating unless I was deciding what I was paying attention to. That I wasn't mindful unless I was deciding what I was paying attention to. And this is a limited definition of mindfulness. We can be mindful when we're directing the attention, but we can also actually not be mindful when we're directing the attention. We can be really focused on that Google uh, search box and really focused on what we want to know and not very mindful. So we can direct the attention and not be mindful. We can be receptive in the attention and not be mindful. We can also direct the attention and be mindful and receive and be mindful. The mindfulness is the quality of mind that knows what's happening in the present moment while it's happening. It's kind of a rough definition of mindfulness. We can be mindful whether we are directing the attention or not. Mindfulness is more like a mirror. It simply reflects what's happening. And that may be reflecting something that's consciously chosen, or it can simply be reflecting what's naturally already here, what's naturally known, what's already known. The benefits of this style of practice, there are, there are pluses and minuses, I think, to all forms of meditation practice. Um, and I think this is one of the reasons why there are so many different forms. People have developed forms that really suit their minds and then talk about that, train, train people in that, teach that. So there are pluses and minuses, and those pluses and minuses may be related to different ways that different minds work. So for um, the receptive awareness, some of the benefits of receptive awareness is that it really cultivates the ability to be relaxed and aware. The doing quality of choosing what we pay attention to takes some energy. And sometimes in our meditation practice, for certain minds, not for others, for certain minds, sometimes that's where the... uh, the meditation gets a little tight. We're trying really hard to stay with the breath. We have the idea that that's where the meditation is, and when the attention gets pulled off, we feel like this is a problem. We bring ourselves back to the breath with a little bit of tightness. It's like there's some judgment in that. The mind has wandered. So this sometimes the, the, the habit of mind around staying with one experience can lead to a little bit of tightness or tension. And so the practice of settling back and receiving, we can simply relax. We can let go of deciding what we need to pay attention to. The work in this practice is not about picking what to pay attention to, but simply reminding ourselves to be aware 
to be aware, to be aware of the next thing. This, this receptive kind of awareness also begins to point to the experience of awareness itself. What does it mean to be aware? What is that experience? What is that quality of mind that knows and is aware? When we can begin to touch into that quality of mind that is aware and get familiar with that experience, then that itself can be a, a place where it's almost like that becomes what we direct the attention to. It's just this experience of receiving and knowing that we're aware. It's a fairly relaxed, once we get familiar with that experience of awareness itself, it's fairly relaxed. There's not a lot of effort in that. And actually relaxation, as we relax the body, as we relax the mind, we may notice that actually there's a natural kind of awareness that's already present. We don't have to do awareness often. And yet there are times that, the, as my teacher at one point told me, the very first instruction my teacher, Sayadaw Utejaniya, gave me in this receptive awareness practice was the only work you need to give your mind is to remind yourself to be aware. And so are you aware? In that awareness, something is already known. We can begin to know that. Checking in. There's... Okay, I'm aware. What is obvious right now? The checking in what's obvious is a way of beginning to be clear about what is known in awareness, that receptive quality of awareness. Often it's a little vague at first. When we relax and just receive experience, sometimes it's not so clear what actually attention is paying attention to. And so this isn't a problem, actually. This is another area of confusion, perhaps, as we begin to explore receptive attention. That as we, okay, I'm aware. I know that I'm aware. But what am I aware of? Without choosing to pay attention to seeing or hearing, what am I already aware of? That may not be so obvious. Unless, for example, something really clear happens, like a a door slams or uh, a, a motorcycle goes by or something obvious happens in the field of sight. You know, if you're doing walking meditation, sometimes you, you can just be kind of in the field of just, you know, receiving, seeing, and then suddenly if a bird flies by, immediately you really clearly know, oh, the attention is on the bird right now. I didn't do that. I didn't try to do that. It happened. Conditions created the mind orienting to directing the attention to that experience. So the, um, the receptive attention cultivates this relaxation. It supports a relaxation of attention. And yet we may not be clearly aware of what it is we are knowing. And so this is another area of a benefit, actually. Because when we choose to direct the attention, 
we only can direct attention to things we already know. We can only choose to direct attention to things we're already consciously aware of. And in receptive attention, we begin to understand that our minds work and know many things that we may not be so consciously aware of. Different kinds of experiences that perhaps we think, I'll I'll, I'll make a simple example right now. We all know the experience of sleepiness, for instance, and yet many of us might think, well, it's not possible to be mindful while we're sleepy. We might have that idea that it's not possible to be mindful while we're sleepy. And yet, it is possible to be mindful in any state of mind. And so, the experience of sleepiness has a kind of a vague, broad, maybe fuzzy quality to it. And also, often with directing the attention, we we pick something kind of precise, something we can like land on, a sight, a sound. So we, we pick an area that we can kind of grok. With experiences like sleepiness, it's harder to kind of put our hands on that one. It's kind of more vague, it's fuzzy. It actually is is kind of more like fog on a mirror. It influences how that mirror reflects. And so while we are being mindful of uh, sleepiness, if we have the idea that we want to be precisely aware of the breath, it's going to be hard because that quality of sleepiness is influencing the experience of the breath. So the, uh, this exploration of receptive attention can begin to recognize, well, okay, can, can, can there be a fuzzy experience? Can the mind simply receive fuzzy, fuzzy experience? Like that, that mirror that's reflecting. When there's fog on the mirror, the mirror is actually doing its job. It's reflecting the steam. Every single drop of water on that mirror is reflecting the steam. And yet for us sitting in front of the mirror, trying to see our reflection, we may feel like the, the, the um, mirror is not doing its job properly. So we need to do something to clear it up so that we can see. But the mirror is doing its job perfectly. It's just not doing the job we want it to do. And likewise, when we're sleepy... Mindfulness can do its job perfectly by simply knowing sleepiness. But perhaps it's not doing the job we want it to do. It's not reflecting something with clarity. So this receptive awareness can begin to get familiar with states of mind that we are less familiar with. This receptive practice for me has been one of the key ways that the um, mindfulness has gotten stronger and more able to go into terrain which I previously thought it was not possible to be mindful. If you have any idea or belief, it's not possible to be mindful while 
something is happening. Not possible to be mindful while sleeping, not possible to be mindful while spacing out, not possible to be mindful while the mind is restless. Don't believe it. It is possible. And for me, this receptive, it's not possible to be mindful while falling asleep. That was one that I believed for a long time. Until the mindfulness and the receptive quality of mindfulness got strong enough that the mind could completely be present for the entire process of falling asleep. This receptive practice can open you to being aware of things that you are unfamiliar with. And in fact, that's how insights happen. Because we can't go looking for insights. We can't decide, I'm going to see an insight. We can be available for insight. And so the, uh, the receptive mind needs to be present and receiving something unexpected. So this receptive quality of awareness is actually how, we, how the practice deepens. We are perhaps present for something. The, uh, if we're staying with the breath, for instance, you know, we, we choose to direct our attention. The momentum of mindfulness that might come with that creates a field of awareness that spreads beyond the directing the attention to the breath. And then the receptive quality of that field can then understand something new or different. So there, the receptive quality of awareness does need to be present in our meditation, whether we're cultivating directed attention or receptive attention. This receptive attention needs to be present in order to be able to see things that we are not familiar with. It's not necessary to... Um, to cultivate the receptive awareness in this pure way that we're doing this weekend. And yet it also can be very helpful to take some time to explore what does it mean to actually just receive experience because it does shake up some of our views about what meditation is, shakes up some of our views about what it's possible to be mindful of. For me, it's done all of these things. This, this exploration of settle back, and just know, just know. I've seen so many times in this practice, watching the mind, believing this state of mind is not a good one for meditation. Like, why not? I'm aware. I'm present. What can I learn from this? What can I learn from this? What is here? So I'm going to stop there and just see if there's any comments or questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hello. Lately I've been experiencing uh, sleeplessness. Uh, I don't know if it's because of age or allergy or some sort of unresolved business. Um, 
and I'm just wondering if you could, or any of the community could direct me towards any, I'm sure books have been written about this, uh, either how to turn the mind off or maybe just to wake up and deal with it, what needs to be dealt with then, even though it's not time appropriate. <laughs> yeah, so the, the sleeplessness. Um, I, I generally work with this by, well, there's two, two ways I work with it. And in fact, it happened last night. <laughs> so um, um, the first thing I usually do when I wake up and I find that the mind is, is the mind in a kind of an agitated state? Or is it just awake? I think it's kind of an agitated state. There's usually something. Okay. And, and I find also that if I really work hard the day before, and physically or whatever it might be, it's, it's a non-problem, or I really exercise or whatever yeah. it might be, or I really attend to matters or all the shoulds that I should do. It's like you have permission to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So, so the... Um, there's, there's a couple of pieces. One, I mean, knowing that, that those conditions support you to sleep, helpful to create those conditions. Um, one thing that I've done for myself when I've been sleeping, is there's, there's this couple things, so I'll, I'll just mention several. Um, just reminding myself, it's kind of like making an appointment with myself. I tell myself, okay, this is not the time, um, but I will think about you at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. And sometimes that, if you, if you do that enough and actually keep your appointment with yourself the next day, you have to keep that appointment because if you don't keep that appointment, your mind will know that you don't keep your appointments. <laughs> and it won't give you the break. But, but that's one way. That was an early way for me to, to work with sleeplessness. I would just recognize, wow, the mind is churning around doing something needing to solve a problem. And so I will, I will commit myself to, to, to keeping an appointment. That worked for me quite well. Um, the other thing that I do, if the mind is just more generally awake, I will um, just meditate. I will actually, and sometimes I'll, I'll just get into my meditation posture and set, set a timer and I'll meditate. And, and often because my mind is awake, I just can meditate for 45 minutes or an hour in the middle of the night without being sleepy at all. And this is what I did last night. That's what I did last night. I just meditated for about an hour at 3.30 in the morning. And um, at 4.30, I just got back into my sleeping posture and I fell asleep. So something about the, the, mind, the reset that the, that the meditation does, at least for me, is very helpful. Um, the other thing that I found helpful, uh, if the mind is stuck on something, is putting some kind, and I found it helpful to create something, to create, to have a, a go-to image or idea. Um, a neutral slightly sweet, perhaps, idea that is not going to either churn you into, like, wanting to think more about it. Like, you know, if you put into your mind a thought about a vacation, you know, you might just go off into planning about a vacation. Um, but to put in your mind some neutral kind of very simple image for myself... This, uh, this technique arose during a concentration retreat when I found it very difficult to turn off the concentration at night. 
I picked an image of Winnie the Pooh <laughs> floating on a balloon with Christopher Robin underneath saying, tut tut, it looks like rain. <laughs> and I just let my mind go to that image. I knew, I knew that the mind was not going to like, um, you know, pick up on that and charge off and think more about it. It was like, (laughs) it was neutral enough and simple enough that it broke the mind's kind of habit or stickiness to the other thought. But it was kind of sweet enough that the mind was willing to stay there. So that's another thing that I'll offer you. Winnie the Pooh, Stuart Little. <laughs> and I think it's time to stop. So I'm, I'm happy to stay here and ask, uh, answer other questions while the uh, potluck is getting prepared. So thank you. <laughs>